Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. I want to say how nice it is to be back in Ruston. As most of you know, I've been in Dallas the last few weeks, and it's always wonderful to visit with my wife and my family. Celebrated our grandson's fifth birthday, and that was a great time, though I wasn't able to hold him but I was able to see him and uh, celebrate. But it is nice to be back. There's a lot of work that we have to do before your new pastor arrives in July. And even though we are trying to social distance, uh, there's still a lot of work to do. And uh, you should be getting a phone call from me. I'm trying to call everyone in the congregation. Uh, Even though I can't be with you physically, I am trying to contact you by phone. So, uh, and I hope to be able to talk to everyone. Now today, I want to talk about a topic that has become increasingly more prominent over the past couple of decades, and that's the quality of civility in our nation. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed in conversations with other people that I've observed on social media, on television, in so many ways, that it seems like the quality of our civility and our kindness has gone down. Have you noticed that? Well, I certainly have. And you know, I had hoped that one good thing that might come out of this pandemic, as awful as it is, is that we might be able to come together and work together and treat each other with respect and kindness because we have a common foe. But unfortunately, it seems like that the divisions in our nation are becoming even wider. And that's really difficult for me to fathom. As Christians, though, we are called to be a different community. We're called to live a different kind of life and to emulate to the world what kindness and civility really means. And that's what Paul tells us this morning in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. What I'd like to do is delineate a little bit of what that means because we live in an incivil world and nation. And we need to practice civility and kindness, but the civility and kindness that comes to us through Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about that today, but before I do so, let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, a poll conducted a few years ago by U.S. News reveals that a vast majority of Americans believe that their country has reached an ill-mannered watershed. Nine out of 10 Americans think that incivility or rudeness is a serious problem. And almost half that number think that it's extremely serious. Now, 78% say that the problem has worsened over the past 10 years. Respondents see incivility as evidence of a profound social breakdown. Nine out of 10 Americans believe that incivility contributes to the increase of violence in our country. And about 90% of those polled believe that it's becoming worse. 85% think 
that incivility divides the national community. And the same number believe that it's eroding healthy values such as respect for others. Martin E. Marty, a sociologist of religion, once observed, the alternative to civility is first incivility and then war. The alternative to civility is first incivility and then war. Now, what is civility? Well, you know, Webster's Dictionary defines civility as civilized conduct, courtesy, politeness, a polite act or expression. But obviously, civility is more than that. You see, civility is about citizenship. Fundamentally, that's what it's about. It's about responsibilities of citizenship. Civility is about politeness that enables conversation and debate to take place about issues that are or should be of concern to us all. Now, in our scripture reading this morning that Leslie shared a few moments ago, from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, the Apostle Paul tells us, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, Paul is suggesting here that the antidote to incivility is kindness. And this morning, I'd like to talk about the prelude, the presumption, the practice, and the power for living a kind and civil life. Let me repeat that. I want us to look at the prelude, the presumption, the practice, and the power for living a civil and kind life. As usual, if you'd like to follow along, there's a PowerPoint presentation that you should be able to follow. I want to encourage you to take notes and consider the kind of life, the civil and kind life that we are called to live in Christ. So let's begin with the first point. First of all, the prelude for civility begins when we respect ourselves. The prelude for civility begins when we respect ourselves. Sadly, many people today have little or no respect for themselves. Lots of people feel that they have little or no value. And is it any wonder that they take their frustrations out on others, whether they encounter them in their families or at the airport, at work, at school, at the bank, at the grocery store, or simply driving on the road? You know, in his second great commandment, Jesus commands us to love your neighbor as yourself, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's what we're commanded to do. And, you know, the basic assumption here is that we love ourselves. Now, if we don't love ourselves, how can we love others? If we don't respect ourselves, how can we have any respect for others? That's a question that we need to ask ourselves. You know, self-respect begins with knowing that we are created in the image of God. But God not only created us, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die for us. You are loved. You are loved. That's the foundation for self-respect. And that brings us to the second point I want to make this morning about living a kind and civil life. Second, the presumption of civility is that we make sacrifices for the good of others and the good of society as a whole. 
The presumption of civility is that we make sacrifices for the good of others and the good of society as a whole. Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, good manners are made up of sacrifices. The essence of love is sacrifice. You see, if we're not making sacrifices, then we don't love others. If we're not giving up a part of ourselves or giving up a little bit of something, whether it's our place or our pride, then we're probably not showing love to the other person. In his book entitled Civility, ethicist Stephen Carter defines civility as the sum of the many sacrifices we're called to make for the sake of living together. Let me repeat that. The sum, S-U-M, of the many sacrifices we're called to make for the sake of living together. Now, let me ask you, have we become unwilling to make those sacrifices any longer? Carter suggests that in a civil society, the common good must be elevated above one's own self-interest. You see, getting back to the practice of civility means returning to the notion of the golden rule. And that brings us to the third point I want to make this morning about living a civil and kind life. Third, the practice of civility begins with the golden rule and the 90% rule. The practice of civility begins with the golden rule and the 90% rule. Now you all remember the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Now, most of us learn this from childhood. And you know, it's an excellent rule to practice. But I want to share with you another rule that's also changed my life. Now, my staff already know this because I've mentioned it ad nauseum to them. They, they, they could tell you what it is. But I want to share it with the rest of the congregation because it's changed my life. And as I've said so many times, my wife says I'm much easier to live with. It's called the 90% rule. And this rule is in two parts. The first half is this, listen carefully. 90% of how others respond to you is not you. 90% of how others respond to you is not you. In other words, you're not responsible for how others respond. You can't control others, think about it. You can't control others, that's very freeing. You don't have to respond to the rudeness of others with rudeness. You see, it's not about you, it's about them. But that brings us to the second half of that 90% rule, which is more difficult to practice. And the second half is this. 90% of how you respond to others is you. 90% of how you respond to others is you. Now, while we can't control others, we can control how we respond to others. We don't have to respond to rudeness, with anger and bitterness. We can respond with kindness. You know, Paul tells us in another place, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Now that might not change the whole world, but it could just change that rude person's negative perception of the world. Remember, we're not responsible for how others respond. We're just responsible for how we respond to others. And that brings us to the fourth and final point I want to make about the importance of living a civil and kind life. Fourth and finally, the power. The power to live a civil and kind life comes from God's kindness to us. The power to live a civil and kind life 
comes from God's kindness to us. You see, the reason that we're able to be kind to others is because of God's kindness to us. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. And that's from 1 John. We love because he first loved us. Or as our text from Ephesians puts it, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, God's kind to us, loving us, forgiving us, guiding us, strengthening us, blessing us, and we pass that on by being kind to others. Now, hear me loud and clear. I can't say this too many times. We can't do that apart from God. We can't do it apart from God. It's God acting in us and through us that empowers our kindness. You see, if we're not showing kindness to others, it's evidence that we haven't received God's kindness toward us. You know, it's a constant source of sadness to me to see people who claim to be followers of Jesus who aren't very kind to others. Oh, they believe all the right things. They say all the right words and they espouse the right values. They work for all the right causes. They do so many right things, but they do them in wrong ways. It reminds me of a fellow who was a member of a former congregation. He had very high standards. His ethics were impeccable, but he beat people over the head with his standards. People hated to see him coming. He was right in what he said and what he stood for, but so wrong in how he did it. He was not very nice. He was not very nice. You know, I love the prayer of the little girl who prayed, God, make the bad people good and make the good people nice. Make the bad people good and make the good people nice. We have too many religious people today who are not very nice. Now, Jesus, our model, clearly loved all people, even bad people. And it's clear that his goal was not condemnation, but redemption. Even when Jesus had to say hard things, he was tenderhearted and his basic kindness showed through. Could the key to life really be that simple? That God loves us so that we can love one another? That God's kind to us so that we can be kind to one another? Think about that. Could it be that the most important thing we do each day is to receive God's kindness and pass that on to others with everyone we meet in everything we do? You know, that's embarrassingly simple. But if I read the Bible correctly, that's what it's all about. Well, in conclusion, civility comes from kindness. Be kind to one another, respecting yourself, making sacrifices for others, practicing the golden rule and the 90% rule, and sharing God's kindness in your daily relationships with others. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.